Hello, and welcome to episode 197 of Constructing Comics, a podcast building stories one page and one panel at a time. On this episode, we have an interview with Kieran Stevens, co-writer of Oculus, on Kickstarter now. This is Matt, and I'm joined by Constructing Comics co-host Noah. Hey there. Uh, Kieran, thanks so much for joining us. Um, let's do the the normal thing that we do. Let's do the uh, the quick bio about yourself, and then give us the the elevator pitch for, for Oculus. Absolutely. Well, uh, first off, I want to thank you so much for having me on the podcast. It's very strange hearing you do that live rather than, you know, through the podcast player. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm Kieran Stevens. I am a, a writer of comic books and I'm also the co-owner of Broadcast Comics, a, a UK-based uh, publisher that's started out with our first book, Diamond, which was written by me. Um, and yeah, I am the co-writer alongside Matthew Hardy of Oculus Issue 1. Very nice. And, and how about the, the elevator pitch for, for Oculus? It's such a hard book to, to pitch for um, because of how much it relies on the character moments within it. So it's, it's something that we actually had to change. I, had, I changed the Kickstarter a week in the story because I realized we weren't giving anything away. Um, so what we're really going for is it's a superhero magic book with a modern twist. Um, so the characters may appear one way, but they're all going to be a bit different to how they're originally portrayed. Um, so we're, we're sort of pitching it as, um, it's a superhero magic book. So instantly you think of things like Dr. Strange or Zatanna, Mm -hmm. um, but it's got those sort of influences that make it a bit more sci-fi, like something like Cursed Words or Excellence. Um, even something a bit more like Green Lantern or, or Black Mirror mixed in, but that might become a bit later on in the series. That might become more evident. Well, those all sound like uh, super cool things. Um, so you had mentioned earlier that uh, the first book you did was called Diamond. Um, and am I reading correctly when I read through the Kickstarter? Um, the, are these books sort of in a contained uh, universe? Yeah, so my first writing credit was actually a short story in uh, one of in Matthew Hardy's company's um, anthology book, Cadaver's World Gone to Hell. Um, but Diamond was my first self-published book. And um, yeah, I was really interested in, in building a new su- shared superhero universe based out of the United Kingdom. Um, obviously, because that's where I'm based, and I thought that would be a really cool thing to do. So um yeah, they, they share a universe, but then they're not quite overlapping yet. So if you haven't read Diamond, you can still jump on an Oculus and it will still make complete sense. That's so cool. And is, is that all just from a, a love of superhero comics, that, that, that desire to create a shared um, universe? Or is, it, uh, is there another motive to that? Um, yeah, so it, it's, I've never been one for planning, um, you know, my writing career. It was sort of something that I sort of accidentally fell into through a love of, like you say, superhero comic books. And um, yeah, it was obviously when you start getting into this, a lot of people uh, will, you know, give the thing of you don't want to be going too far into superheroes. That's kind of covered. You know, (laughs) your competition's pretty big with that. But I just I couldn't get over how much I wanted to do it, how much I love these superhero characters that I read. And um, yeah, I think there's always more room in the world for superhero characters, um, especially when, you, you know, you can find that story that feels a bit off the beaten path. Yeah, I agree completely. It's always, um, you, you know, we 
I was surprised when we started this podcast, sort of the lack of superhero comics writers that we had on. And we normally in, in interview independent creators like yourself, um, but very, very rarely are people like, you know, feel sort of, I guess, the uh, desire to write superhero comics. So I'm always kind of, I'm always just intrigued by it. Not because it's like, oh, that's weird. You're writing superhero comics. It's more just like, I'm just like, oh, that's awesome. You know, and it, it's always cool to see what, what, what people bring to the genre. And um, I guess that has to be exciting, though, for you to sort of just come up with new ideas for superheroes. Yeah, it's, it's definitely something you have to catch yourself every so often. So I'll find myself writing a story plot and I'll go, that's just taken from Batman or that's taken from Iron Man. And it's 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 hard when there are decades worth of superhero stories to find something different. But I think it's something that we're hitting on with Diamond and Oculus. Um, and obviously building something unique is something we're really trying to do. That's great. That's really cool. Um, I'll, I'll let you ask a, next, a question, Matt. Oh, yeah. Okay. Thanks. So, you know, what is the, the comic scene like for, for superhero books in, in the UK? Because, you know, as an American, I always hear about like the UK comic scene. And, you know, one of the first things that's always mentioned is like 2000 AD. Like, so, so what is the, the superhero scene like there? Are, are Marvel and DC books just as big as sort of the, the 2000 ADs? Yeah, I'd say Marvel and DC, uh, DC still have um, a lot of prominence in the comic shops over something like 2000 uh, AD. Um, yeah, and uh, indie comics over here is something that's definitely uh, is bursting at the seams. There's so many amazing, ta um, talented creators over here. Um, in indie comics, like you say, a lot of people steer clear of um, superhero books, but there are some amazing ones like uh, Andrew Clemson, it has uh, just kickstarted Bet Noir uh, mm -hmm. issue one through three, which is a superhero book. And um, Charlie Etheridge Nunn is uh, launched today, actually. He launched um, Ex Explosion High. Um, almost forgot what it was called then. Um, both of which actually are mad robot books, um, coincidentally. But yeah, I, I think, yeah, it, it's. Marvel and DC definitely hold a big place. I imagine there's far less comic shops than there are over in, in the States. Um, but I'm very lucky to have one in my, my local town. And yeah, I, I can still get my fix of superheroes and indies whenever I want to. Nice. It, so, it makes sense. Oh, I'm sorry. You no, 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 that. please. No, uh, well, I think this question sort of will, will tie into that. Um, so sort of pre-show we were talking um, and you sort of gave me the... Uh, the insight on how you kind of hooked up with some of the the mad robot guys and and Matt Hardy uh, Matthew Hardy is the the co-writer here and he's he's in um the mad robot uh crew um so you want to talk a little bit about how that relationship formed yeah it was um it's, it was it's a very interesting story and, and one which I think I got very lucky with and um I was starting to weigh up the idea probably going on four years ago now of of starting a comic writing career. Um, you know, I had notebooks full of ideas and, and that sort of thing. And I was starting to wonder if it was a possibility. And um, my friend actually met a uh, met Ma Matthew Hardy in uh, the local comic shop. And um, he said, well, if you want to talk to this guy, like, I'll, I'll, be, I'll give you his name, his email and stuff. And um, yeah, we got in touch and we, we met over in, um, in the comic shop, uh, Comics, Games and Coffee in Chichester for the plugin. Um, 
And weirdly, on that same day, uh, Simon Fox of Blue Fox Comics, Simon Fox, that's not right, Simon Burks of Blue Fox Comics um, was in the shop as well. So it was very bizarre to have, you know, um, an idea of wanting to do it and then to walk into a shop and have two established writers there. And um, yeah, it's with Matt, it's, it's definitely it's gone from there. And he was very kind to invite me into his anthology book, uh, Cadaver's World Gone to Hell to tell a five page story. Um, that was my first credited work in writing. Um, and yeah, he's been an amazing font of knowledge for me, uh, you know, trying to get into this career. And um, it's such a nice full circle moment to, to be inviting him into my little company, Broadcast Comics, and invite him to write a superhero book. That's awesome. Would you mind me asking, what, where do you live? Like uh, that, that, like, you know, you have so many creatives around just at your local comic shop. Yeah, I mean, I had no idea. Um, we did until that day. Um, so I live in uh, a few minutes from Chichester in West Sussex. Um, and yeah, I, uh, Matt is based locally and um, actually works at that comic shop. And then uh, Simon Burks at the time was, I believe he was running, well, he, sorry, he definitely was. He was running a convention out of Chichester. Um, he's since moved up to Scotland. But um, yeah, he was for whatever reason in the shop that day as well when it was um yeah it was very cool to meet them both man that is cool that's so cool and um i guess sort of uh off of that uh, do you guys have like a convention pre presence then like you know a pretty large one in that area are you, are you close to them um not so much in the area so there are a few in um you know brighton portsmouth southampton um but it's sort of like we are very much in the south coast of England and it, the, you, you get more of them, obviously, the further north you get. And um, sadly, it's not been something I've been able to experience yet. We launched our company mostly during the start of COVID. So it's, it's not been a thing of me being able to get to cons and, and sell the books. It's been very much uh, internet based so far. Matt, I think like we're, we're talking to like our like, british alternate universe versions of ourselves here like <laughs> i'm listening to your story and i'm like that, that, that like matt and i have a lot in common with you because matt and i met in the area like pretty close and then we started our company in the last year too so we understand completely yeah that is, um, is a tough one isn't it <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so um I'd like to go back to the the five page anthology story you did, and and, and just ask to see if there was any challenges um, on on writing something uh, shorter form. Were you were you directed that uh, you needed to keep it within like five to eight pages? What sort of direction were you given to to do an anthology story? Yeah, so if I remember rightly, I I, I believe I was given five pages. Um, it was. If I'm honest, doing a short story like that is still something I, I kind of struggle with. And with it being my first thing, I, I've been teaching myself how to do these, you know, 22 pages, 24 pages. So to try and condense a story down into those five pages for your first work, it was definitely a struggle. Um, but I, I look back very fondly on that book as both something I'm very proud of, but also something that I, I take a lot of learning lessons from. You know, I, I look at it and go, well, I could have done this. And now I know this, I, I, I could have done it like that. So it's, it's, it, is, it is a story I'm very proud of, but one that now I'm like, that, that is the starting point. Everything else from here is just going to keep growing. 
Yeah, I, I I feel like that's a very common story for for everybody. When you know, there's the excitement of doing that that first story, then it comes out and you look at it and you move on to the next thing and maybe you're on the second or the third thing and you you go back and you pick that up and you look at it and you're still proud of it, but you know that like now where you are with what you've learned, you, you could have made it so much better. So that's I think that's a pretty common story for for folks who are looking back on their early works. Yeah, and it was it was definitely a thing of um, I I didn't know what I was doing straight at, at the start before writing that. So I, I had been effectively writing the first issue of Diamond for a couple of years, you know, not so much just going through the same script, but building that little um, bubble reality for Diamond. So to then have like a bit of a time frame to write a shorter story, it was it it taught me a lot for sure, and. Um, yeah, it, it was a really great opportunity and I can't thank Matt enough for, for that chance to do it. I was sharing that book with some really amazing creators. Um, and yeah, as for that to be my my first credited work, is it's such an honor. That's so cool. And and for you, was it like for the learning experience, had you written full scripts before that or or was this like your first time writing a comics, like a full comic script for that five page story? Yeah, so um, I'm. I have too many ideas for my own good. So, um, like I said, I, I had books full of ideas, and I toyed around with um, scripts and stuff. But they had never been for something, if you know what I mean. So, while I had those scripts, it was only me reading them. There, there was no artist attached to them. There was no editor looking over them. So, this was that that opportunity for me to to hand off a piece of work for the for Matt to look through it and say, well, this could use a bit of tweaking and going backwards forwards than him. And then seeing that um, being applied with the artist, it was, it was, yeah, such a good experience. Um, and it was so motivating for that to see like, oh, maybe, maybe I can do this. I might not be, you know, the world's best writer right now, but I can do this. I, I can make a, a, a going on it. Yeah, that's inspiring. And, and did uh, did you have a say in like what what artist you were paired with, or or was that Matt just being like, hey, I think this guy would work best for this story, and and hooked you up with an artist? Yeah. Um, so Matt suggested the artist. Um, his name was Theodorus uh, Ludicarus, I believe it's uh, said, but that could be wrong. I'm very sorry. Um, um and he, yeah, he was. It was very. It, while Matt uh, suggested the artist, I, I don't think I would have wanted anyone else for that. It very much fit the tone of the story I had wrote. It, it, I don't, it had this almost watercolor feeling that really felt like fit with the emotion of the story that I'd wrote. And um, yeah, like I wouldn't have changed that artist for for anything. It was, it was, I think where it needed to be. So I have a, a couple related questions to that. Um, I, I, I guess first was um, when you just made the decision to 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 write comics. Uh, what was your approach? Was it like getting like uh, books like Understanding Comics or maybe a uh, you know something that was done by a professional and trying to reverse engineer the the information you got in those books, or were you um, you know grabbing a comic? looking at it and then sort of going, this is what I like and this is what I think they're doing. So how, how did you sort of come about your, your, 
your style in, in writing a script? It's a really interesting question, actually. And I think it's, you know, a, a, a bit of each, really. Um, I, um, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people hate me for this, but uh, one of my first books I read was actually a, a copy of Civil War I found on Amazon. Um, so I hate first... you. Get off. Just <laughs> <laughs> um, I love Civil first... War. Oh, it's yeah. such a great event. It really is. But yeah, as as that being my first um, my first experience properly of that, it was it was groundbreaking because there was so much going on, and I didn't necessarily know the history of the characters, but I could feel it. And um, it was that I I think that will always be my biggest influence, and it, it, it makes me think like, right, I've I've written this idea for a character. I've got a name. I've got powers, but but who are they? How did they get there? What what are they going to do with it? And I think I owe a lot of that to um, Civil War, really, because just of how much history it, it contained in it. And my, my comic collection has grown exponentially since then. And I take influence as much as I can from everything I read, really. Um, yeah, so I, I think it is a, a bit of all of those. And I do find myself sometimes I'll sit down just to have a nice read and I'll end up trying to analyze a panel and think, why did the creator do this? Why did the artist do this? What's what what makes this scene so amazing and yeah i think there's a lot of reverse engineering um for sure yeah it's sort of the, sort of the blessing and the curse to be in the comics so much that like you you do read for enjoyment but there's also the 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 critical eye and you know what can i what can i use here or what can i avoid here or what can i maybe tweak here so it's it's uh it's an interesting position to be in when you get so much into comics and then you make the decision that you, that you want to make the comics because uh, like I said, there's, there's two ways you can go about it. You can sit down and try to read it purely for the enjoyment of it. But a lot of times, and it sounds like this is from your answer that like you, you, you are sitting down to do that, but you also like, okay, this panel is really interesting. This transition is really interesting. And then you take a, you, you might take a few moments to sort of reflect on that and then get back into the story. Is, is that what you find yourself doing? Yeah, definitely. I think it, it's that sort of back and forth process in that, you know, um, I'll write a few pages and I'll go, oh, I, I get what I'm doing here, but it feels clunky. And then mm -hmm. I'll take a, a step away from it and I'll, I'll read something and go, what, that transition was really smooth. They got from there to there how did they do that and, and not how can I use that in my own story but how could I do something like that to make this transition easier for the reader so it, it is a lot of backwards and forwards with that I, I think that's nice. really cool and off of sort of talking about civil war I was going to ask about um, writers like Mark Millar and Grant Morrison and Alan Moore which we know like we sort of label as sort of like you know the UK invasion over here you know <laughs> and we love them here. Like we're obsessed with them as comic creators. Is it sort of similar over there? Or are you guys kind of like, now these guys are overrated? Um, no, not at all. I think, um, I think they've made a name for themselves and, and, you know, burst into the American scene by, by being such talented creators. I think that's, you know, as much as my, uh, you know, I take pride in, 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 you know, sharing a country It's they are, you know, at the top of their game, really it's, it's you can't deny good work just because you know they um you know come from the same scene as as, as you would um so yeah those those guys and you know even people like neil gaiman um 
you know they're, they're all big influences on me because you can see where where their culture even though the, the uk culture has leaked into their writing as well um yeah that makes sense yeah yeah that's really cool and um are, are you finding like with with like your your current like superhero book are you like seeking out uh comics of like a specific tone um in order to like you know like while you're while you're writing this book are you only like reading certain comics that you think will fit that tone uh, of the comic you're writing um or or subject material i I definitely have moments of that so uh, you know my partner's called me out before where i've I've walked over to my comic book shelf and i've I've just pulled out certain books and she should be going what are you doing like what's the plan here i'm like well, I feel like I want the tone of something like this book, but with some more of the influences from this. And, you know, I'm almost doing, you know, the pinwall of connecting the dots of how I want things to go. And uh, Matt's been great for that. Matt's been reading and creating comics for so long. And that, you know, he's the sort of person to go, well, well if we're going to make this, you need to read curse words. Like you, you, you need to read this uh, arc of Doctor Strange and stuff. Um, and he's, he's very good at that. He's a font of knowledge when it comes to comics. That's so cool. So, um, so you did the anthology story, um, and that was the first time you worked with an artist um, to to produce something. Uh, what was the feeling like when you you know you would made the story? They were you know images in your head. You know you put those down um, as as a letter to to the artist to turn them into art. What was it like the first time that? You, you know, you got an email or you got a notification that your Dropbox had been went updated and, and you, you looked at it and somebody had taken your words that you would live with and turned them into sequential art. Yeah, so I, I did things a bit, you know, um, backwards. So I had Diamond on the, on the boil at this point and um, I met uh, the artist for Diamond, Dominica Pagano on DeviantArt of all places. So I, we, we, we had done some character designs and stuff but that actual feeling of, of like this page of art comes from a script that I wrote. It was something that, you know, I, I ran around and showed everyone that I, I could, you know, <laughs> from family, friends to people on the street. I'm, I, I, I helped with this. <laughs> this had something to do with me. It was so much pride in that. And, and so such a, a great experience. And um, I know I keep going on about it, but it's um, even just, realizing how that I think one of the hardest things of writing is getting your thoughts into into the artist's head mm-hmm. so it's a thing of um at some points I'm like oh maybe I needed to make that a bit clearer but then at the same time there are points where I'm going well that's not what I meant but that is far better than what I was writing so I think I love that relationship with the artist of of you know that sort of almost trying to combine your minds and, and make this perfect vision of the two ideas you have well that wow that's interesting i've been a huge fan of uh, dominico's art on on instagram so I, I had no idea that he was the 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 artist of diamond how did you guys uh link up yeah um it was <laughs> like i say of all places it was deviant art um i think i i came across him and we started chatting and his style is is so unique and and bold really and like in your face in the best kind of way um and we started chatting on there and um yeah this was when I was considering it and I was like 
asking them questions about character design and and, and talking and um yeah we we kind of just stuck with it and he he's been on with with the book for the long run and it was so nice to finally you know um have a product and i think it was last week he finally got his copy through the post of um of diamond and yeah it was it was such a cool moment yeah i mean that's one of the awesome things about the 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 internet um is is that it allows um people to connect and and inform these relationships and sort of it's in a weird way it's almost sort of like dating it's sort of like you know you have you you talk you know you, you try to figure out if you guys can can get along and then you go hey let's uh let's do a little sample of this and then that works out really well and then it sort of progresses from there um so that's that's one of the great things about how connected we all can be where where does where does he live yeah he's based in peru okay um, wow. which was something i didn't know for a while after we started working together um but his you know his uh time zone fit well with my uh, insomnia at the time uh-huh. so we we chat for a long time and we're i think we are good inspirations for each other and that i'll just say an idea and then he's like i've got to draw that and then he'll draw it and i'll go well i've got to write a story for that <laughs> we really bounce off each other that's that's great um so that would have been the first diamond the first i don't know if you guys went in in order but uh page one of diamond would have been the first time you you saw an artist turn your words into into uh, a page of sequential art um no so um we we had done character designs and, okay. and you know we'd, we'd drawn some villains but it was it was the cadavers anthology that actually was that first full page nice um but yeah it, it's quite funny where we've been working on uh diamond for quite a while while we've been building the foundations of of like you know the broadcast comics and of, of our story so i've actually got a, a few different versions of pages and um you can see in that both how much the writing had developed and the art alongside of it. Um, and as much as it would have been great to, you know, straight away start making books, I think that time of us becoming um, closer as a team and uh, progressing on our, our abilities has made the book so much better than it, it could have been. Yeah, I, I would agree with you there. Um, so let's turn our attention back to Oculus. Um, you are the, the, the co-writer on this with, with Matthew. Um, how was it like uh, co-writing a, a book with somebody as opposed to, um, you know, writing solo as you've done for your other single issues or you've done for, for anthology work? What was the process like of, of co-writing with somebody? Yeah, I, I absolutely love the process. And um, it was, uh, funnily enough, it was it was in our local comic shop that we, we started speaking about the idea. And it, it started with, I was thinking about doing an anthology series to, to launch the superhero universe to say, you know, all of these different characters are there in short stories. And um, Matt wrote one and it was one of the supporting characters that we both very much clicked on. And um, I remember I was just chatting back and forth in the comic shop and um, that's how how Oculus came to be. Um, it was through that conversation. 
So, so Oculus was uh, somebody that was um, around when you guys were were talking about the 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 universe, and you were working on Diamond. Um, yeah. So Diamond was was making progress, but we were talking about this anthology, and Matt um, he wanted to write this sort of alternate reality end of the world scenario about a big bad guy, and. Um, it was when he got to the scene where he's confronted by this group of heroes. And um, that's where Oculus shows up for the first time in, in, in the writing. And we, we both sort of gravitated towards the character. Um, and yeah, it was, it was such an honor to bring, bring him in to, to actually explore that further. So the anthology didn't go ahead, but that character found a new home in, in this story. Um, and yeah, talking about the the co-writing thing, it, it was it was such a, a cool thing because when you write your own project, you know you have to think of the idea and then you have to make it work. Whereas um, with the co-writing, Matt came to me with the idea and with the plot breakdown, and I just had to sort of think of the logistics of you know those transitions, how those how those panels um, go together, and then you know it went back to him. Um, and he'd go, actually, I'd do it like this, or this is really cool, or, you know, this this should move a little bit later. So um, it's very, I feel like I'm, you know, sitting under the tree of knowledge with Matt. Um, <laughs> he always surprises me with something else uh, <laughs> on the journey. How does it work for you guys, um, your collaboration? Are, are you writing a script and then he's adding on to it, or is it is it vice versa? Well, what does it look like, your collaboration, I guess? Yeah, um, so he kind of, he came to me with almost a, you know, after we we figured out the character and fleshed that out a bit, he came to me with almost a Marvel method breakdown of the of the first issue. So, you know, it was in paragraphs. And um, so that I then put it into panels and, and, and did those breakdowns. And then once I'd done that, it, it, it went back to Matt for editing. And then we started on the, we, we, we did, um, so I did, I, I, I wasn't very confident with my dialogue at this point. Um, so it was something where I put placeholder bits and that's something I've very much learned like, from him um, with this is that he, when he went back over it and he's also a big believer in um, the dialogue is something that could be changed right up to the moment you send it to the letterer. Um, so he's a, a big advocate for when the, when the page comes back in, you see if that fits still or if that mm-hmm. could be tweaked to make it um, you know, react to the art better. That's got to be a cool school to be a part of too. Like, you know, like learning all the, like, you know, from someone else who's been doing it for longer. And then like, you know, like that process, it's got to be almost like, I mean, it's not an apprenticeship, but it's like the coolest version of an apprenticeship, you know, where you're both equals and, you know, but you still get to learn from someone who's been doing it, you know, for a while. Um, yeah, I, I think it's yeah exactly like that. Actually, it's um, yeah, cool comparison. Yeah, and um, and I love how you brought up how it's sort of like the Marvel method too. You know, of, of writing a script that that's got to be cool. Um, and it's just sort of it's just cool to hear like people sort of like it's always my favorite stories when writers sort of really break down their processes, and that's just a cool that's just a cool comparison right there. Um, do you uh, like uh, how, what's your writing style like when it comes to like breaking panels down or do you like to have like at least six panels on a page or are you sort of like a less is more 
uh, a panels person. How do you write? I, I do fall victim to doing too many panels sometimes. And, um, and the, you know, one of the, the great mistakes of having people do multiple things in, in, in one panel. Um, and that's something Matt's really been great for teaching me with in that it's sometimes less really is more. And, um, you know, he'll, he, even main pages of Oculus, he, he showed me that. And um, he's like, you've got three panels of them getting to that, but that can be done there and, and further in either another panel or that can, that can be a statement of his own. Um, so, yeah, I, I think naturally I do go to a lot of panels, um, but I'm, I'm very much learning to to bring that back a bit and make sure that every panel has more impact than I would originally give it. That's awesome. Yeah, don't 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 feel too bad about the the too many panels. Uh, prior to to working with Noah, I I once did a, a script that I think every page had like fifteen panels, and the and the artist wrote me back right away and was like, "This is not going to work at all." And I'm like, <laughs> "All right, I'm going to go back and, um, you know, basically take these fifteen panel pages and and break them down into to a you know two separate pages on their own." So I think that's. Uh, that's a common sort of first, uh, or not first thing, but sort of early on in your career. I think that that's something that we all sort of fall victim to. Yeah, and there's there's yeah. almost a paradox in that, isn't there? And that you feel like to say more, you have to have more panels, but sometimes less really can, um, you know, make more. You can, you can, less panels means you can fit more dialogue or it's more room to show rather than tell. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, it's, it's been, it's been a great learning experience with Matt and um, yeah, it's, it's really changed the way I work as well. So um, before I, I almost felt like it was, you, you have to, you start at panel one and you, you know, you end at panel, whatever. Um, but now I almost write myself these, these sort of Marvel method scripts. And then I go, well, what would fit on a page and, and how does that work? And um, I mean, it's like, like you say, like, so if, you, if you're doing a lot of panels on one page, you realize actually you're not giving any of that story time to breathe. And if it needs to go into the next issue, that can be okay sometimes because that means you're really letting those moments hit. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I, I like, I, I think that like some of my favorite pages are like the Darwin cook, like three panel pages, that kind of thing that, you know, just to like minimal dialogue, but like says so much in each one, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a hard lesson to learn, but then you're close to like, uh, you know, not, you're not, not really close, but you're, you're, you're closer than we are to like places like Paris and Italy and we were having, we had a, a, a writer on the other night who, who lives in Paris and he was talking about how like comics there, it isn't uncommon to have like 15 panels on one page and stuff like that. Uh, so it's, it's doable, but it's just like not recommended, <laughs> that kind of thing. Um, no, I think you have to be very comfortable with your artist if you're going to um, try and push them with that. <laughs> yeah, or, or you can, uh, or you can just be. You never grow as a writer and just be like, yeah, I meant to have 15 panels on there. It's it's European. Yeah. So, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I think um, obviously I've been I've been giving Matt a lot of credit for 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 my learning experiences, but I think 
uh, equal, equally, if not more. Um, I've learned so much from working with Dominico um, because he's not afraid to alter things if he thinks that they could be done in a better, in, in, in a different artistic perspective. And, uh, and we'll have those conversations. And, I'll, you know, not in a critical way, but I'll say, so why did you change that to, to that? And he'll explain it. And I'm like, right, that, that makes a lot of sense. That really does work. And I think that sort of symbiosis is so great in, in comic writing. And, you know, it's, um, yeah, it's such an important bond to have when you're, when you're creating. If, you know, comics are a thing where they're written as scripts, but they're shown as art. So you need to be able to figure out how to communicate that. That's really when, cool. When you write a panel, is it... Uh... Is it uh, very descriptive? You know, you know, we've all heard the stories of, of Alan Moore writing Watchmen and, and Dave Givens going in and just sort of highlighting the two sentences that he needs to actually do the <laughs> panel. Um, are you very descriptive or are you sort of uh, light on the description? You know, per, like uh, I, I could say for myself, I, I'm pretty light uh, and Noah can attest to this. It's a lot of, you know, this person's in, and you know, person A and person B are in this location. This is sort of what they want to do, and this is what they're sort of saying to each other. You know, I don't give a lot of camera angles or stuff like that. I leave a lot up to to the artist. But what's what's your style? Yeah, I think it's definitely something that comes with uh, familiarity with the artist. Um, like my my script that I send to Dominico is very different to the script that we're sending to uh, Guillermo. Um, in that obviously where this Oculus relationship is is a lot newer, you kind of do feel the need to um, not detail it, but to sort of almost pinpoint this is happening, they're wearing this, this is in the background. Whereas where me and Dom have been working together for three, four years now, um, you know, I think in, in the, the script for Diamond Issue 2, I think I've got a scene where it's a uh, bad guy arrives, looks really uh, like intense looks really scary and Dom knows straight away what that what, like what that meant for sort of the universe we're building mm-hmm. um, so yeah I think it definitely comes from familiarity nice so how did you uh, hook up with the the, the artist on, on Oculus um, yeah so that's it's 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 a very fun a funny one it's it's another artist I met on um DeviantArt a good few years ago and um, I was just blown away with some of the stuff he was doing I still remember clear as day he he did a piece with Cyclops firing his you know lasers up against the moon and it was it really stuck with me and it was I was kind of working with Dom and I was like at some point I know I want to work with him I want to work with Guillermo Mm -hmm. and um, I tried to do it a few times and it, it didn't quite latch but um, when me and Matt started looking for an artist, it, it suddenly clicked, and I was like, "Wait, this could be that that opportunity." So I'd, I'd kind of been watching his work grow for a few years, and I'm not entirely sure he knew <laughs> I existed at that point. But the opportunity to to bring him in, I just had to do it, and um, yeah, it's it's definitely paying off. The pages of Oculus are are so striking. He's got such a fun and colorful and vibrant style, which you know, stylistically, there are comparisons with Dom, but he's really got his own thing going on. And it, 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 it kind of, it feels, 
it's it's kind of like their siblings, uh, Diamond and Oculus, and that they've they've got some stuff in common, but they 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 take their own individual paths. Yeah, I can agree with you. I'm I'm looking at the the pages um, uh, that are on the Kickstarter pages or the Kickstarter page, and they're very dynamic. They're very bright uh, and beautiful. So he does the coloring as well here. Yeah, we got very lucky with that. Actually, both Dom and uh, Guillermo do their own uh, coloring, uh, pencils, ink, inks, and colors. Um, yeah, so it's it's. And, We're both and, just amazing artists. I'm very lucky to to have found both of them. Really, yeah. He, he, your artist has a very like Joe Maduera uh, style, like that cool, like uh, not like not in like too flashy, but it almost feels like uh, early image kind of style of comics, which is really cool. Yeah, I see it, and yeah, it's it's almost as if uh, Dom and Guillermo started off at the same point. And Dom's went more grungy and um, sort of in your face, while Guillermo went with the more colourful and, and explosive side. You know, they 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 definitely show similarities, but they're they're so unique and so separated from each other that I think we've got a really cool little universe growing with these two books. Yeah, that's so cool, and. Uh... Are you getting, like, this is something we like to ask everybody. Are, are you getting, and maybe Matt already asked this and I, I'm forgetting, I'm stepping on Matt's question, but are you getting, like, back, like, thumbnails, pencils, inks, colors, like, everything at each stage? Or is it, like, you know, it just sort of shows up the next day? Yeah. Um, yeah, um, we're, we're definitely doing each stage. So um, he started by, you know, every page is currently uh, penciled. We have about half of it inked and um, we've got the now, as of yesterday, the first seven pages completely colored and ready to uh, ship off to the to the letterer, Robin Jones. Um, but yeah, he, he's very good at keeping us updated and, and saying like, are you guys happy with this? Do you want any tweaks? And we'll, we'll chat through that stuff and go, well, what if this was slightly more like that and stuff or... Um, I'm going to do, it's not really a spoiler, but a really uh, fun thing that happened actually is um, with the main character using magic, um, we put in one part that um, she summons a bat. And in, in our head, we were like, it's a baseball bat. That's that's what we mean. It, 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 we, we hadn't even considered anything else. And when it came back um, as the pencils, he'd drawn this amazing magical, um, you know, bat animal. Um, and it was, I think me and, me and Matt sort of messaged each other and went, that's really good. <laughs> do, we, do we take credit for that? <laughs> um, so, yeah, it, it, it's fun to go through each stage and, and, and see that sort of thing fleshed out. That's so cool. And, and you mentioned the letterer. Uh, so this is somebody that you've worked with uh, in the past with, the, with broadcast uh, comics? Yeah, um, Robin Jones is... Um, such a, an amazing letter and he, he's worked all over the place he's he's a, a quite a well-known name on on the uk scene and um I, he's done um lettering for you know image scout uh heavy metal um he's he's done all sorts and he's yeah he's uh, he's just gone freelance actually he's gone um into do, doing lettering full-time nice. um 
so if anyone's looking for a letter hit robin jones up because he, he's so good he did um offer a diamond book and he it it's when you're starting out it's easy to underestimate lettering but when he actually when he came back with, with diamond finished i realized just how much character he gave you know the characters um by changing doing these slight tweaks like color alterations you know um we have scenes where on the tv and you can you can tell that that caption is um, not coming from Diamond, it's coming from the TV and stuff. And yeah, he, he's so good at, at making the characters feel individual. Very, very nice. Yeah, we often, one of the other things that we often cover on the podcast is the, the uh, how letterers are sort of the, the unsung heroes. You know, you'd only really notice the lettering um, or it takes you out of the story if it, if it's done poorly. If it, if it's done right, it's sort of you know you're you're flowing through the story. You're you're taking in the story. You're taking in the art. You know you're reading those captions and just sort of flowing along. But if it's not done poor, if it's not done well, it could sort of slow you down, pull you out of the the story for a moment. You're like, hey, did I read those captions in the right order? Who who's speaking? So yeah, it's a very important thing to 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 have as part of the team. Oh, definitely. And, uh, you know, just to embarrass myself a little more, it, it was only when I started working with Rob that, and this, this is, like you say, it's the, the unsung heroes of, of lettering, but I didn't even realise that in, in most comics, you know, superhero comics, the text is entirely in uppercase. Like, <laughs> I, <clears throat> like you say, where I'd just been reading, I'd, I'd never thought about that. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it was <laughs> it was very cool to to realize that and, and see it come come back because I think I put in the script uh, poor Rob who obviously had to go through and change it and uh, that's changed in, in Oculus and Diamond Edition two that I now write in those full caps. But yeah, it, it was such a funny thing to to realize and um, yeah, he's he's such a talented guy um, and I think he he definitely his his work isn't amazing because he stands out. His work is amazing because it makes the world feel real. And yeah, I think he's really got that nailed down. So, so what are some of your, your, your future plans? It sounds like um, that maybe uh, a diamond issue two is, is in the work. So is that what you guys are thinking? And if that is the case, are you sort of hoping to, uh, do an issue of one property, do a, do another issue of another property, or if sort of you get on a, you go, you know, maybe you might get the inspiration, you know, you, you finish a, a, a issue of Oculus and you're like, all right, I, I need to dive right back in that. Do, do you have a plan there? Or are you sort of figuring it out as you go? Yeah, it, there, there's definitely been a bit of that. And I think the ideal goal would to be like you say, you, you alternate between titles and, you know, further down the road, I'd love to bring in more writers and artists and, and have more titles to sort of decrease that space between issues. Um, so, yeah, I think right now, full concentration is on on the Kickstarter we're currently running. Um, but Diamond Issue 2 is, is definitely running in the background. And before we launched the Kickstarter, um, Dominico got a few pages to me of that. Um, so, yeah, it, it's nice to know that um, once we we get this out and it's it's taking our full priority right now, we're 
aiming to produce the best book we can. Um, but it's it's nice to know that for for the first time, I'm finishing a product uh, a project with complete knowing of of what's coming next. Mm-hmm. And you you may not want to reveal this, and if you don't, I understand. Um, but uh, is Dominico going to be doing any art for Oculus, um, like a, a variant cover or anything like that? Yeah, so we we um, we we were very happy to to um, reveal about a week ago now. Um, he did he's done a print for it. Um, so one of our rewards, I'm sorry. So our, our standard physical copy comes over a print of your choice, and then we also have a level where you get the three prints by the three artists. So the first print is uh, Guillermo's uh, cover without any of the logos and stuff. Um, the second print is a really, really cool um, sort of crossover print of Diamond uh, taking on the Hellhound from Oculus. So we sort of are starting to build that um, connected universe feel. And, and while Diamond's not exactly in the book, we, in this print, he is sort of crossing over. And then our third print is by um, another amazing artist called Kevin Bouchard, who, who I hope to work with in the future. Things aren't quite set in stone with that, but he's got an amazing style. Yeah, I know Kevin's work. That That's awesome. That's really great. Okay. Yeah. So you had mentioned that, you know, you're, you're getting pages from, from Dom from times. And so I'm, uh, on diamond issue two so i'm assuming that that's sort of like a brush of fresh air to sort of step away from um oculus for a second and, and see this stuff going on but how are you handling uh your day are you in full-on like kickstarter promotion mode or are you doing like half a day of promotion half a day of uh, creation how, how are you handling your days right now um, yeah, it's been something I'm, I'm learning with this being only our second Kickstarter. Um, it's very much, I, I feel like I'm, I'm doing stuff all day, even if, I, if I'm not quite. So it, it's finding that balance between, okay, the UK market is on this time zone, so we want to be doing something around here. The US, um, honestly, the audience from the US is equal to, if not a bit larger than our UK audience right now. And I think that's to do with us not being at cons. So it's staying up that bit later and, and posting at that time to, to meet that audience as well. Um, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't say creation has taken a back seat, but for the Kickstarter promotion, it's definitely taking full priority, but I've actually on, on days where I'm able to do it, I've been waking up at five, six and um, I live uh, about 10 minutes away from the, the seafront. So I've, I've taken my notebook and I've just gone and sat, and watched the sunrise for you know some days and 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 actually written out um future issues of, of diamond obviously um matt takes the lead on oculus so i'm not going to be writing those bits of the story for him so um yeah i've been just having that really fun moment of of um writing diamond without any sort of pressure so I actually today um, just finished plotting out <laughs> what will be issue six if we've managed to get that far. Um, so yeah, it's it's something I love doing, and it, I find, you know, it, while it is work, I find it such a relaxing thing to do. Um, just taking those ideas and it's like a jigsaw, just putting them next to each other and going, "This doesn't fit." Okay, this works, and and moving stuff around, and I absolutely love doing it. 
And I don't um, know. Did you did, did you mention that you were? You, did you say you were taking a notebook with you? Like like a yeah. physical, like a pen and paper notebook. Yeah, absolutely. I'm 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 normally um you know a laptop writer, but having that time with paper and pen has been such a, a cool thing to go to recently. Yeah, I had read a book. Um, I'm forgetting the 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 author's name. It's it's um, it's it's a female author, but she had mentioned these things called like the morning pages, where you're supposed to just sort of sit down before you you start anything with a notebook, and just sort of free write for a while just to sort of get moving so it kind of sounds like you're doing a little bit of that it sounds like you have a little bit more structure it's not exactly free writing but you're sort of you're starting your day off with this sort of ritual or routine to 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 be creative and 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 to and to move into the rest of the the day is that is that what you're finding yeah and I think um it it was a hurdle it took me a while to get over it in that it kind of felt like pen and paper was permanent um, so it felt like it had to be structured, but I'm actually now leaning more towards just writing and, and then making a note of going, oh, actually, maybe this fits more over here, because then when it comes to transferring it to my laptop, um, I go back over those ideas and I, then I can move it around, um, mm-hmm. you know, without crossing stuff out. So it, it's become a lot less structured and a lot more free writing, like you say. Nice. And with this being your second Kickstarter um, you, you had run the Kickstarter before, so you had a little bit of, uh, expectations on, on how Kickstarters run. Um, how are you sort of maintaining, uh, this is another question we, we ask folks a lot, like, how are you maintaining your, your sanity? Are you, are you clicking the refresh button, uh, every 30 seconds or are you like, all right, I'm not going to look at it for a while. I'm going to come in and, and see what the numbers are doing. What's, what's your, what's your philosophy there? It's definitely still something I'm learning. I'm um, I'm a very anxious person by nature, mm. which is why I was, you know, I was in the Zoom meeting about 10 minutes before you guys were, <laughs> just because I was so worried about being late to it. Um, so it's finding the line between knowing the importance of some data-driven um, knowledge and becoming too wrapped up in it. So we have the project um, currently, uh, you know, set up with Google Analytics and stuff and, it's something that I knew we needed, but I, I pushed myself way too into that. And I was, you know, staring at that real time numbers for, for ages. And it, I, I definitely, I needed to step away, which is something I've, I've become more doing them more now. And rather than just staring at those numbers, I'm actually engaging with, with our audience and I'm talking to people and, you know, it, it feels more organic. So it's, I like to have the data there and it, mm-hmm. it's definitely, um, so about a week in, we actually rewrote the whole story on there because we kind of realized that by avoiding spoilers, we were actually just telling the audience nothing. Um, there was no, no information on there to go. It was it was basically just people were backing for the art. So, um, yeah, I retailed that and and started teasing more. And um, it, it was good to see how that data then changed to react to that. But yeah, it's it's definitely while it's important, it's something you can't you can't live with your your head buried in the data. Um, so I've I've been getting better at doing that and and managing you know that that side of things. Awesome. Well, uh, Karen, it's been great talking to you. I'm yeah. I'm really excited for this book, and you know, 
you know, hearing your process and then matching it up with the the amazing images that we're seeing on the on the Kickstarter page. I'm 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 really excited uh, for this book. Um, so um, I'm I'm going to check in with Noah here for a second um, to see if he has any any final thoughts or questions. Um, no, no final thoughts or questions. It was just really cool to to have you on, and like I said, I'm just always excited to see what new people are bringing to the comics medium and, and especially to the, the genre. Well, I wouldn't say it's the genre, but like, you know, the archetypes that sort of are what make comics comics, you know, superheroes. So it's really great. And uh, I'm just really inspired by everything that you've said. And I, I'm looking forward to the book as well. I really appreciate that. And um, yeah, it's, it's definitely a fun one to do. And um, with diamond, it was, we, we could tell you what the story was about because that was part of the journey and that would be a reading but for oculus so much lies within the twists that it's hard to talk about Mm -hmm. but i think the key message is is where we are doing something with magic that feels very new and it feels very fresh and i think matt has he's very much um taken something that's been done before and, and and you know flipped over and dumped it on its head and um I think it's, it's such a fun story and I really can't wait for people to get their hands on it because I think they're going to love it. Yeah, I was going to ask you for, for one last pitch, but I, I think you covered it right there with the, the you know, telling us that, that there's a lot, a lot of twists in the stories and it's, you know, it's a magic-based superhero story. So I, I don't think we, we uh, I don't think I need to ask you for that, but um, how about if you could let people know where they could find you online? Absolutely. Um, so Broadcast Comics is on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at Broadcast Comics. Um, and then I am on Facebook as Kieran Stevens, and my Twitter is Mr. Kieran Stevens, because someone had already taken my name. <laughs> awesome. Oh, we, we, we'll have links to that stuff in, in the show notes. We're also going to have a link to the to the Kickstarter in the show notes for the episode to, to make it as easy as possible. Anybody listening now can just sort of call up those show notes, scroll down and, and find the Kickstarter link, click that and go directly to the page. So we're, we're going to have all of that stuff um, in the show notes. So um, again, I'm just, I'm just really excited for this book. You know, uh, Noah brought up the point that we're, we're sort of like, uh, you know, even though you're, you're in the UK, we're sort of like kindred spirits. We, we, we have a lot in common. It sounds like a lot of sort of the, the way we go about story and, and stuff like that is in uh, meeting partners when you least expect it um, is, is, is a really cool story. Yeah, I think that's uh, my favorite part of comics is that it's people all over the world with, with the same vision. It's telling stories through a, a, a different medium. And um, yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, for anybody listening, if you could give us a rating and review on the podcasting service you use, we really appreciate it. If you want to follow the podcast, we're on social media. Twitter is at ConstructComPod. Instagram is Constructing Comics Pod. And Facebook is Constructing Comics. Uh, I'd like to thank everybody for listening. Uh, Please be safe, be nice to each other, and go out there and make some comics. And we'll be back very soon. Thank you.